Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. My guest is a heroin user. So what comes to your mind? Are you thinking male or female? Do you think my guest is young? Or old? Do you think my guest is clean or dirty? Educated? Employed? In a stable relationship? Do you think that my guest has children? That my guest is urban or rural? How about the race of my guest, knowing only that my guest is a heroin user? Do you think that my guest has track marks? Dr. Carl Hart is about to change all of your perceptions. He's written a brand new book. It's called Drug Use for Grownups, Chasing Liberty in the Land of Fear. He's the Ziff Professor of Psychology in the Departments of Psychology and Psychiatry at Columbia. He's one of the world's experts on the side effects of recreational drugs. And as I say, he's not just an observer. He is a recreational user. Dr. Hart, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. So I began your book on Saturday night. 
I used Instagram to convey to everybody that I was sipping Jack Daniels as I was enjoying what you've written. Why does society perceive your behavior as so much more threatening than mine? Um, well, that's a loaded question. I mean, I'm a black male with dreadlocks, and so um, <laughs> we can get into that issue. Um, uh, so um, there's a wide range of reasons. I mean, American racism and so forth. But I think you're talking about the drug issue. The fact yes. that I, I identified uh, as uh, being a heroin user or someone who used heroin, just, just to set the record straight. Um, that's uh, not the extent of who I am. You named all these other things that I am, a professor, a father, a husband, all these things. Now, um, people wanted to focus on the heroin use, and I wanted them to actually at some level, but don't get it twisted. It's not like I, uh, that I have a, a track marks or I use heroin intravenously or every day. Uh, I'm an occasional but regular user. That, that's the same with my alcohol use. So I want people to understand that these things, heroin, cocaine, MDMA, all of these drugs can be used and are used in that way. But society only portrays something like heroin use as some everyday frequent use uh, and it's done by somebody who is in need of obviously psychological help or somebody who's truly disturbed. And I'm trying to highlight that that is a misnomer, that is inaccurate, um, that may characterize a small group of user, but it doesn't characterize the majority of user. And I'm trying to ask society to think about this differently. If we think about it differently, maybe it will help us to uh, rethink what we're doing with drug policy, because what we're doing with drug policy is actually killing people. So I, I approached the book, I think, in the right frame of mind, which was to say this is going to require me to wipe the slate clean and forget everything I think I know, which, by the way, is damn little about this subject, and to be open minded to what you are arguing, which is that most heroin users, I mean, you, you say you're not a one off, I'm paraphrasing, but rather most heroin users are conscientious and upstanding. Give us the short version of that argument. Yeah. Um, in the book, I described, for example, um, uh, these programs in Switzerland. I went over and spent the sabbatical and I worked in Switzerland where uh, people come to the clinic uh, every day, twice a day. Folks who uh, meet criteria for heroin addiction. Uh, by the way, I don't meet those criteria, but these folks, uh, they get heroin twice a day, every day in the morning uh, and, and in the evening. Um, and these people show up on time. Most of them work. Uh, they all have housing. They are responsible, happy citizens. And um, this evidence is not new. They've been doing this for more than 20 years. They also do it in the Netherlands and other countries. Uh, and so I tried to get the reader to see in the book that in America, our view of heroin is warped. And it's been warped uh, by documentary filmmakers, filmmakers, the media and so forth. And um, I hope uh, that people do as you do uh, did uh, come to my book with an open heart and hopefully uh, they're able to learn some new new information. I'm going to read uh, from page 236. My friend Kristen asked if I would be interested in trying heroin with her. She had never done it but wanted to try it. Same here. So one Friday evening we did. Unlike in the movies, we didn't use needles, by the way, nor do most heroin users. We each snorted a short, thin line. Immediately we detected the nice, characteristic opioid effects 
including a dreamy light sedation, free of stress. We talked, reminisced, laughed, exchanged ideas, and carefully documented our drug effect. After they had worn off, we called it an evening, and we went home. That was the first time, right? How often in the last five years would you say you do use heroin, and how difficult is it for you to get access? Well, we're in a pandemic, right? <laughs> so like everybody, I'm locked down. Um, and I, I, I haven't have been used in this pandemic because uh, I haven't been able to leave the country or what have you. Um, in the United States, we don't have these things where you, uh, they, they call them drug checking facilities, where you can go and have your drug tested for purity to make sure it doesn't contain any contaminants that might be dangerous. Um, given that that's the case, uh, the endeavor of using street heroin in the United States become dramatically more uh, potentially dangerous. Uh, and so um, uh, since we're in a pandemic, I, I haven't had an opportunity to uh, uh, use any heroin because I don't trust the street heroin. And I don't recommend that people take street heroin. Um, I recommend that in the United States, we uh, implement these drug checking facilities. So uh, it would uh, go a long way in decreasing overdoses uh, that uh, occur primarily or largely because of uh, heroin and other drugs containing contaminants. Um, and so uh, my heroin use, as I said, it's like my alcohol use. Um, it's uh, regular, but infrequent. Um, um, and it also, uh, it, it's really contingent upon like the country that I'm in too. Uh, in the United States, um, uh, you can go to jail uh, in places like uh, uh, Portugal or Spain. Um, uh, using personal amounts of drugs like heroin is not uh, a criminal offense. Dr. Clark, in making your argument, you wrap yourself in the American flag. And, and by that, I mean that you cite the Declaration of Independence and, by the way, point out that its author was himself a drug user. I guess for Jefferson, what was it of choice? Opium? Yes, Jefferson loved his opium or opium-based laudum. Um, uh, um, uh, and so uh, the Declaration of Independence, this is a real sad fact about America and, and us as Americans. They make us learn the Declaration of Independence, the, the three promises that we all get at birthright, as a birthright, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, meaning that we can live our life as we see fit, so long as we don't uh, bother, uh, disrupt other, other people from doing the same. Uh, that is profound. The problem is uh, that uh, uh, statement, that profound statement is lost on the 12-year-olds that they make learn that sort of stuff. And then as you get to be an adult, you forget that you have that, that birthright uh, as long as you don't mess with anyone else. So how and why is the government telling me, you, what you can put in your bodies, what you decide to put in your body for your own pleasure as you long make, as you you're make... not messing with anybody else? You make a rather libertarian pitch in the book. I don't know if, if you see it that way, but here's here's what I thought was a really interesting argument uh, that you make. You say if we're talking about recreational drugs providing some benefit, and I think of weed in this sense as providing like a medicinal relief, maybe for a, a cancer patient. In this country today, there's pretty much no debate. It's like, hey, if that's going to help somebody get through chemo or radiation, my God, give it to them. But we are unaccepting of the argument, I just want to get high. 
That's right. Um, that is exactly right. And that when we think about, when, like you said, this is uh, seen as a libertarian argument, the argument that I'm making. You, you know, again, that speaks to the uh, limited sort of education of Americans. That's not a libertarian argument. That's an American argument. That's the first promise uh, of the country. That's the first ideal of the country. Those are the first noble principles. That means that that's what it means to be an American, not a libertarian, not a Democrat, not a Republican. That's Americanism, not libertarianism. And so I don't particularly like being in political camps because I don't like being on a football team. I like the, the choice of being able to take the good from here and get rid of the bad from, from those places. So I don't want to be like closed in on those camps. But you've raised an, in, an interesting point about Americans uh, sort of uh, uncomfortable uh, feelings surrounding pleasure. Uh, it's like uh, you can't say, that, no, I'm chilling. I'm having a good time. That's why right. I'm doing this. Uh, that is a good thing. Pleasure is a good thing. You can uh, say it about alcohol. Good, yeah, you can say it about the Jack do... Daniels that I was enjoying when I was reading your book, but you can't say it about the recreational drugs. That's exactly right. And there's something wrong with that hypocrisy. And that's why I tried to point out in the book that pleasure is a good thing. If we are feeling better, we're more likely to treat other people better. And that's a good thing. We want to make sure that we are generous and caring and supportive of, of other people. When I'm feeling good, I'm more likely to engage in those pro-social behaviors. Uh, and so I'm asking Americans in this book to embra embrace pleasure. The book is called Drug Use for Grownups, Dr. Carl Hart. This is Book Club with Michael Smirconish from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive 
then takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM, Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Dr. Carl Hart, he's written a brand new book. It's called Drug Use for Grownups, Chasing Liberty in the Land of Fear. So one of the lines in the book is going to lead me to an area we must cover while we're still together. I, I imagine some people are already driving off the road as they're listening to this dialogue. You say, quote unquote, much of the reporting on opioids is bullshit. I have to believe that many are listening to us and they're saying, hey, whoa, I lost someone to an opioid addiction or I've got a son or a daughter or a niece or and they're struggling. Like, What is this guy? What is this doctor saying uh, vis-a-vis that pain and that anguish and that addiction? So set the record straight. Yeah, so it would be clear now, um, I've lost somebody as a result of, of opioid or what's been called an opioid overdose. I, uh, we, uh, I understand that pain and, and uh, I have parents who come to me and I try to help them understand what happened with their kid uh, related to the subject. So I, I completely understand that. But what I'm saying in the book, the argument that I'm making, it's first of all, we have to separate what we're talking about when we talk about the opioid crisis. Uh, Are we talking about overdoses or are we talking about addiction? They're not the same. And so let's talk about them in those separate ways. The major concern is overdose with me because people can die and they're no longer with us. So if we think about overdoses, the vast majority of overdoses occur for two reasons. Uh, People have tainted opioids. They thought they had heroin and they have something like fentanyl, which is a lot more potent and increases the likelihood of people dying. Uh, And another reason that they're dying is because they combine opioids with another sedative like alcohol or benzodiazepine, particularly the older ones like promethazine. But any sedatives um, increase the the, um, respiratory depression effects produced by opioids. Um, So if you want to solve those problems, if you want to solve overdose, all you have to do is have drug checking facilities where people can submit small samples of their drug and have it tested anonymously and free um, for any adulterants, any contaminants, because if they contain contaminants, the printout that they receive back will tell them and they will know not to take it. Uh, And another thing we can do is to have public service announcements saying, I mean, plenty of public service announcements saying, if you're going to use opioid, especially if you are a relatively new user, don't combine it with another sedative. If we do those two things, we can dramatically decrease the number of overdoses in this country. This is so simple. They do this. They do this in Barcelona or Spain, in the Netherlands, in Austria. They do it in a number of other countries. We have the technology, we have the money, but we just don't do it. So let me reveal my naivete even further. I was raised to believe that if you ever did heroin from Jump Street, you are hooked and you are addicted. Did I watch too many movies? Have I seen New Jack City too many times? 
you certainly have watched too many bad American movies about drugs. Uh, and I talk about New Jack City in the book. I talk about meeting the writer and having a good time with that person. And, and we right, talk about how New Jack. That's right. Tom Wright uh, from Iowa. We talk about how that story uh, uh, just went off the rails, basically. So please read the book and you'll hear some interesting anecdotes about New Jack City. Of course, there is no drug that one takes and is addicted after one hit. By definition, addiction requires work. And so if somebody is telling you that a drug uh, produces addiction after one hit, uh, you can stop listening because either they are an idiot or they think you are an idiot. In either case, you shouldn't listen to that. Dr. Clark, the very first words in your book, quote, this is not a book about promoting drug use. I doubt that even though you said it and you said it first, that's going to change minds of people who read it or hear this and will come to the conclusion that you just want to green light everything. So before you leave me, give me the parameters. What exactly are you saying and what aren't you saying? Big picture. Well, the book is called Drug Use for Grownups, uh, Chasing Liberty in the Land of Free. So uh, this is for grownups. And I explain what I mean when I say grownups. People who are responsible, they look after themselves, they look after their family. Uh, um, now, I want people to understand, too, uh, uh, that um, this is not a static sort of uh, status. Uh, being a grown up is a difficult thing to achieve. And, you know, you may sometimes have problems in your life and you go back and forth, but that's OK. That's all of us. But what I'm asking folks to, to do here is that if you engage in drug taking behavior or any particularly risky behavior, you have to be responsible because if you're not, uh, there is a likelihood, there is a chance that you will probably get in trouble with this activity. So I'm trying to make that very clear. Uh, and I'm also saying that uh, if you have the co-occurring psychiatric illnesses and those sort of issues, this book may not be for you. Uh, and in the Chasing Liberty portion, I'm asking people to consider their own liberty using the topic of drugs. I'm asking people to really understand what it means to be an American. And what it means is that you have these three birthrights. And then in the Declaration of Independence, it also says that governments should be established to secure those rights. When governments fail to do that, governments should be disbanded. And so if people understood that, then they would understand that they have control over their lives, over their bodies, as long as they're not bothering other people. Final thought. Uh, I shared at family dinner, our sons are 20-somethings who, sh who should be out at a college campus or grad school but are back under our roof these days. I shared the premise of the book and used you as a conversation at family dinner the other night. And one of the boys said, after hearing what I had to say about Dr. Clark, quote, Dad, that guy must have tenure. He made a real interesting point. What has been, and you do, at Columbia, but what has been the reaction thus far at your employer? employer? Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm on sabbatical, and I'm really not concerned about that. You know, just think about that statement. All I am writing is truth based on my 30 years of experience of studying this subject. And now people would like to censor truth because it makes them uncomfortable. That's some, that's some shit for your ass if that is the case. 
I mean, that, <laughs> I, you, you know, you're supposed to, you are supposed to be able to have this free exchange of ideas. Uh, and that's how I am behaving. I am, you know, if, if my ideas are, have, have weaknesses, please let me hear it. Let's have this discussion. Um, I'm not married to any of these ideas. I'm married to the evidence. And if you have better evidence, then, then uh, it dictates that I must follow. The book is called Drug Use for Grownups, Dr. Carl Hart. Dr. Hart, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.